In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to give us His wisdom that springs out of His love. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what is the best way to live your life? If you ask that question, you're going to get a multitude of responses. In fact, we sort of passively ask that question whenever we start listening to somebody who tells us how to live our lives. And we we start passively asking that question when when we do things like we pick up self-help books or we we watch certain videos on YouTube or uh, we listen to certain people on the radio. All of these people have in their their mind this sense that they're going to give us something. They're, They're going to give us a better way to live our lives than what we would normally live them by ourselves. That is the essence of when somebody tries to drop wisdom on us. It's the essence of what it is when somebody says, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about living your life this way? Or have you ever looked at this problem in this way? Or have you ever thought about this in this sense? All of those things are meant to come across to us as ways to live our lives better. Now, for those people out there that simply want to take advantage of us, maybe that's so that they can live their lives better by telling us what to do. But most of the time, I I think that when we encounter those things, we're, we're not encountering those things from people that have our worst in mind, but rather people that have our best in mind. It's the advice that comes to you at the Thanksgiving table or at uh, when you're opening presents on Christmas or when you've just gone through something really tough and a relative calls you up and says, hey, have you thought about this? All of those well-meaning sort of pieces of, of advice usually come out of this sense of love. Either sort of a cool love for you that's just saying, hey, you're a part of this human experience that we have together and I want to give you something that might be helpful to you. Or it's a real honest-to-goodness love that says, hey, I'm concerned about you and I want you to do something different because I can see that what you're doing right now maybe isn't the best. Of course, the problem with a lot of that advice is, uh, well, we don't listen to it. Right? The problem with free advice is that it's free. It comes to us at no cost, and so we can choose whether to take it or to leave it. It's kind of like if you walk through FSU's campus over the next few weeks, people will be handing you a lot of free stuff. They'll be handing you cups that uh, help you to find the apartment complex where you're going to live next. They'll hand you some other stuff that will tell you about um, their campus ministry or their registered student organization. And a lot of times what they're doing when they hand you that stuff is they're just saying, here, throw this away for me. To which we maybe go, I will. (laughs) Because free stuff is, well, it's free. You know, sometimes it's good that it's free, but sometimes it's, well, free. And we're kind of skeptical skeptical about free stuff. Uh, You know, if, if it doesn't cost me anything, then, well, then there's probably some sort of power play going on here. There's something that you're trying to get me to do. And I'm not real sure that I want that. 
I'm not sure that you're coming at this with my best interest in mind. So when people give us free advice, we go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not sure that you're giving me this advice really out of the goodness of your heart, but rather maybe you're trying to just get me to do something. And that's, I think, the fear that we have a lot of times when we have readings like our epistle reading today, the reading from Ephesians that Bob read for us, where just like last week's epistle reading, Paul is penning out this list of do's and don'ts. And we're skeptical about somebody else who tells us what to do and what not to do. We're kind of okay with God doing that, but when it happens in a mediated form, like when it comes from the Apostle Paul, we especially sort of back up and go, I don't know. I don't know about all of that. And so when Paul, in this epistle reading, he says, don't do that stuff that everybody else does, because even the stuff that they do in secret, you wouldn't even let that stuff cross your lips if you were in front of a crowd of people. And so Paul is telling us here what to do and what not to do. And you you get into this question about, well, why does Paul even bother? Because especially early on in Ephesians 2, he says, well, we're all forgiven. All of us have been covered by the blood of Christ. All of us have been baptized. All of us have experienced this great gift of forgiveness in the Ephesian church and all of the other churches that this is being sent around to. So why does Paul keep harping on what we would call the law here? Why does Paul continue to give us all of these shoulds? All of these things that he knows that we as sinful human beings are going to have, well, a pretty mixed response to. Because immediately when he says you should do this, some of us are going to say, Well, I'm not going to do that simply because Paul said that I should do it. And if Paul says, well, you shouldn't do that, some of us are immediately going to say, well, that sounds like a great time just because he told me not to do it. So why does Paul even bring this up? Paul brings it up because of who we are to be in this world. We've had this entire year of talking about how when we were baptized, we became a part of the body of Christ. How us gathered together, if you are a Christian here with us today, how we are gathered together as Christ's body to be that body in a meaningful way while Christ is ascended into heaven and we are left here to be essentially his limbs and his organs, and things like that that a body has. And so what Paul is doing here is he's saying, paint a picture. Paint a picture of what you think it looks like to be Jesus. Paint this picture of what it looks like to be in the light. Paint this picture of what it looks like to live as the body of Christ. And so, paint a picture of who you think Jesus is. Paint a picture of what you think Jesus would give you 
as good advice. And so, paint a picture of what it looks like to choose righteousness over sin. Paint a picture of what it looks like to choose sacrifice over selfishness. Paint a picture of what it looks like to choose truth over fiction. Paint a picture of what Jesus Christ would look like in your mind's eye. And try to live into that experience. And as soon as we do that, we get all sorts of frustrated with ourselves. Because we start to recognize, I I don't do that. I'm not Jesus. I don't always choose righteousness over sin. I don't always choose sacrifice over selfishness. I don't always act like a picture of Jesus. And we know that deep inside of us. And I I think for most of us, that grieves us a little bit. Because somewhere deep down inside of us, we want to be like him. We want to live up to that wisdom that he has given to us. We want to follow the wisdom that calls out in the street the way that the person who's writing Proverbs puts it. But so often we just go further down the street and disassociate ourselves from that wisdom. Which gets us into another issue that we have with that wisdom. Another issue that we have with advice, which is really our code for wisdom. And that is that usually when we get advice, when we get wisdom from somebody else, it comes from a place where it is free. And a lot of times they've already worked that out in their life. And so they're able to come to you with this axiomatic maxim sense of what that wisdom nugget is. And they rarely tell you the story that goes along with how they found that piece of wisdom. They just drop it on you. And they say, well, well, of course you want to live this way. And you go, I'm not sure that that's an of course. Because I haven't seen how that works out in your life. And that's why Jesus' story is so important. Jesus' story is so important because he comes to us with that wisdom. But he comes to us with a narrative alongside of it. And that narrative is that he was with God the Father. That he came from heaven. He was born as a child so that he could be here and show us what sacrifice looked like. So that he could show us what choosing righteousness looked like. That he could show you, hey, this is how this works out in my life. And it's in that light that we gather together today. As sinners. As sinners who are in this awkward position of also knowing righteousness. Sinners who know what it's like to be forgiven. Sinners who know what it's like to come here and to confess our sins together. To say at the beginning of this service, yep, did that one wrong. But yet to go, in the light of Christ... In the light of the person who gave me this wisdom, in the light of the person who showed me all of this stuff that I can do, he has also shown me that I am forgiven when I don't do. So that I don't have 
to write off doing those things anymore because that's what we do with good advice that we can't live up to. If somebody gives us good advice and we just feel like we can't live up to it, we just write it off. We go, I'm not going to take that advice. But the advice means something in our lives. The wisdom means something in our lives when we go, you know what? I actually think that might help me deal with a problem that I'm going to have this week. You know what? I think that that wisdom would have been really helpful for me to have last month when I went through that problem. And it's the forgiveness of sins that allows us to say that stuff that Jesus says to me, it's applicable in my life. It's applicable in our life together as a community. That together as University Lutheran, we can go out from here and we can say, yeah, we've messed up. But we know a God who has given us another chance. And not only has he given us another chance, but he's given us another chance with a promise that the next time that we mess this up, he's going to give us another chance. And that's not going to be the last time. That the next time that we mess it up, he's going to give us another chance again. Because that is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is this wisdom that doesn't seem to fit with the maxims of wisdom that we know today, but rather it's a wisdom that says... The way that I am going to make you into a better person is actually not going to be in the things that I give you to do. Because if that were the case, all of us would have a very narrow set of stuff that we were given to do. And it would be the same for all of us. But rather, Christ says, each of you has different things to do. You have different vocations. You have different relationships. You have different stages in life. You have all sorts of different stuff. But the thing is that all of the things that God gives you to do, those aren't the thing that are his wisdom. His wisdom, rather, is his forgiveness. That's what makes you a better person. That is the strange twist on God's advice. Because if God has any advice at all to give you, it is this. Cling to the forgiveness that I offer you in my son dying on the cross. And if you've got that advice... It will change your life. It'll make you look at things that you thought you couldn't do and it'll make you go towards them. It'll make you think of things that you thought you didn't want to do and it'll make you think, hey, maybe I do want to do that. Because that advice changes your life. So may you this week remember that you are forgiven. And may it change all of the rest of the advice in your life. Amen.